Welcome to Autoptic 2021, a conversation with Joshua Cotter. I'm Sean Knickerbocker, and we're here with our guest, Josh. Um, Josh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your new book, uh, uh, Not Away, Volume 2? Uh, I'm not good at the short, at the quick sell, but uh, it's just a, it's a, continu- it's a continuation of, uh, of the story. It's uh, Not Away altogether. It's going to be seven volumes. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's an overall story that's going to be told from seven through seven different protagonists. Um, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's not hard sci-fi. I I, I I guess sci-fi would be the best way to describe it, but uh, uh, it's not it's not that I adhere to any of the uh, genre tropes or anything. More than anything, I use the genre as um, as a way of just progressing the story I want to tell. Um, there was a story I wanted to tell when I first started writing and it, it felt that using uh, science fiction uh, aspects of science fiction were the best way to tell it. But as far as the new story goes, uh, it'd be hard to book. It'd be hard to explain everything yeah. about the books without going through the entirety of volume one too. And uh, so volume one came out in 2018 new volumes coming out in September, right? Um, 2016 uh, was the first volume. Yeah. So I, I worked on, I worked on volume two for six years. It's, it's 300, almost 370 pages. And it takes me about 16 hours a page, uh, not counting writing or anything else. So it's, uh, it's, it's taken me a long time to finish this volume. It'll, uh, it'll be the longest volume in the series. Uh, it's, it's essentially three, stories in one so uh, i i had to there's a lot of information i had to get i get i had to get down in this volume and i knew it was going to be long from the get-go i didn't know it was going to be almost 400 pages but uh it's it is what it is and uh it's a fairly i have it sitting right here it's a fairly thick book it's uh so it feels good to have a thick book and you know six years of of work it's uh, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out uh but uh, a yeah. future volume will be will be far slimmer yeah, well, it's still a really impressive pace, all things considered. I mean, like you said, your drawings are incredibly dense. Um, it doesn't surprise me that it takes you that long to draw them. Uh, I, and yeah, it's. Uh, I don't mind taking that long. It's you know, it's I I I, I draw the page. Uh, each page I draw, I want it to you know, I get to the point where I'm satisfied with it. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, six years isn't an unreasonable amount of time for uh, the amount of work that went into it. Definitely. And um, if I had to work a regular job like I used to, um, which I've kind of organized my life where I, I, I can live uh, somewhat modestly and just put all my efforts into into my work. Like I was telling you earlier before we started recording, I, I moved, we moved here from Chicago because it is more uh, affordable I, and I, I don't have to work a full-time job. I can just do freelance on the side to, um, to keep things going. So I have a lot more time to uh, focus on drawing that way, hmm. but it's you know, I'm in my mid forties now, so it's taken a long time to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just, uh, over time, I, 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 I had, I had to reprioritize and figure out my, what my priorities were. There was a, there was a period 12, 10, 12 years ago that I didn't know if I could make comics anymore because I, I didn't have energy for a full-time job and, uh, and making comics. So I had to reorganize quite a bit and figure out if I want to keep making comics. Mm-hmm. I worked in a factory. And that was the moment where uh, uh, I realized, like, I, I, I can't, I can't do this. Uh, I, I, I have to, I have to do creative work, and I have to find a way to make it work. And um, so I've been very fortunate to, because not everybody's so so fortunate. Sure. Um, I've I worked my life to a point where I can, I can, if I'm not with my family, I'm drawing, and um, it's, uh, 
it's uh, I'm happy. That's awesome. So going kind of going back a little bit to your first book, which came out from Ad House, well, your first collect like graphic novel book, right? Like uh, Skyscrapers in the Midwest, and that was that was originally mini comics, correct? I started out self publishing mini comics. I think before that, I did a, a, a self published series called Fun, and I did that two thousand one, two thousand two. So it's been, I guess I've been making comics for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But uh, and then after that, I wanted to do like a one-man anthology type uh, thing. And I, and I that's when I created Skyscrapers. I had a few childhood stories I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I thought maybe I'd make an issue or two. I didn't know it would turn into a hardbound collection someday. But uh, yeah, I started out 2003, I think, making Skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. And then did a couple mini comics and then Ad House. Uh, picked it up and made four floppies and then the floppies were collected in um, the hardcover collection in 2008. Mm-hmm. And the style of that book, like it's very much kind of like that funny animal uh, kind of like underground comics kind of vibe. Was that kind of an influence? Oh, I don't have as much underground influence as some people. Um, I didn't have access to that growing up. Uh, you know, I didn't have the cool, cousin or cool older brother that that read in underground comics and i would be able to sneak into his room and read them i, I was aware of it in college uh, mm-hmm. growing up in the rural area they just i didn't have access to hardly anything at all besides mad magazine yeah uh so if anything mad was probably more an influence on me um but as far as the funny animal thing uh i believe i did it in a in a uh, in an effort because it's a uh, pretty pretty personal material mm-hmm. and it's pretty emotional material and if i drew the characters as human I don't think the story would have came across the same way. It would have been a little bit too intense. So if anything, and, uh, and to make the characters anthropomorphic, I think it allows the audience to come into the story a bit more. So if anything, it's creating more of a buffer zone, but it's also creating characters that, uh, that allow the reader to connect to the material. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't really articulate it at the time, but as I get older and think about it, I, a lot of, a lot of the stuff I do is intuitive. And at the time it may just made sense to do animals mm-hmm. um cats and i i uh you know being able to better articulate it now it was it was an effort to uh soften the blow a little bit yeah and make any because ch- childhood themes are fairly universal and i uh well, although all the rural uh midwestern themes are a little bit different i still wanted audiences uh i didn't want to limit audiences to uh to seeing it as just a very specific experience. I wanted that childhood experience. And then with childhood, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of childhood entertainment involves animals. So uh, it made, it made sense to go that route Mm. to me. Yeah. And with, with skyscrapers and even with not away, the, um, like the environments that you're drawing a lot of tend to be like those kind of like rural Midwestern environments. Um, Mm. So I, I suppose that landscape probably kind of like built into your work a little bit. It seems. I I, I believe in import, uh, environments a very important part of uh, storytelling. Mm-hmm. I I consider environment to be a character, and the environment is something I'm very familiar with. And uh, as many problems as I have with Missouri and the Midwest yeah. uh, on a social level, it, it's a very there's some very beautiful areas, mm-hmm. and they're 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 rarely uh, represented in uh, in comics. Um, not, I mean, they, they are, but not, not as much as say like stories that take place in crowded urban areas. Um, so I, I, since I have the experience growing up and it's the landscape, I know it's the character 
if I consider environment to be a character, it's the character I'm most most familiar with. I think I think it will I be it's what I can bring to the table as far as a writer goes. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned a little bit earlier about kind of like um, balancing when you when you were working like kind of like a full time job, but balancing between cartooning and uh, a full time job in factory and uh, freelance work was this kind of around the time that you were working on driven by lemons or like was that kind of like triggered by that whole experience driven by lemons was when i hit a wall before that uh, i graduated from college in 1999 i studied illustration i just it was one of those things where i was expected to go to college so i i, I chose something i was interested in drawing and i, I in an effort to make make it practical because art art as far as uh, as far as uh practicality goes if you're trying to make a living it's not exactly that but i thought through illustration i could mm-hmm. but uh i uh illustration i, I did some freelance when uh, early on and uh I, but i had to have a regular job too just starting out from college so i did graphic design like not even graphic design it was production design mm-hmm. designing bumper stickers uh political posters stuff like that um and I had to work a full-time job you know working 40 anywhere from 40 60 hours a week and then comics started um I, I started developing an interest in making my own comics about 20 years ago. So I was making, working a full-time job, making many comics and doing a weekly strip for the Kansas city star. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working anywhere from 80 to a hundred hours a week. Uh, and there wasn't much time left over, but fortunately, um, uh, for any, for anything else, relationships or anything, but it, in my twenties, I had the energy to do it. But by the time I moved to Chicago, um, I was nearing my 30s. And as you get older, you, as, as many people know, you just have less energy. And I, I after skyscrapers, I, I, uh, after just finishing it all, by that point, I had worked on it for about five years. And uh, I, uh, I, I describe it as postpartum depression, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a massive, I'm a massive, I'm a major depressive anyway. I'm a massive depressive, but I'm also a major depressive. And uh, mm-hmm. I find that art is, uh, or drawing, um, is my way of keeping that under control. But after skyscrapers, I, it's not that I didn't have any ideas, but I'd just been pushing so hard for so many years. Uh, and it just like, I went off, it felt like I went off a cliff mm-hmm. and, uh, and just being suspended in air and, you know, like a, like, like, a Elmer Fudd, like when he walks off and he's about to fall and I realize I'm about to fall and I started falling and I didn't know what to do about it. And, uh, the, uh, depression became, uh, unmanageable. And, uh, before I hit rock bottom, I, I, I started drawing, uh, in a sketchbook. I just grabbed a sketchbook and started digging into it and it became driven by lemons. And it really, it really saved me. It, uh, helped my, get my head back straight and gave me some direction. And, um, even though after lemons, it was another three years, I guess, I guess lemons came out in 2009 and it was another three years after that, before I was really able to, um, to start working on, uh, again and, get to the point where like, okay, am I going to be a, am I going to have to work in factories and what, et cetera, the rest of my life, or am I going to try to make comics work? And I, um, uh, I finally got to the point where I could figure out how to make comics work. It's, uh, but it's, uh, it's difficult. And any, anybody that does comics cartooning knows, I mean, it's just, uh, we live in a society that's all wrapped up in money and, uh, I'm, I would like, I would like to be out of that kind of system. Uh, but that's a little too ideal for this, uh, stage in the game so realistically you have to have something to pay for food and shelter um and uh just through freelance you know freelance job here and there and finding a balance really i think that's that's the key is finding a balance in life but it just takes experience it takes uh it's a lot of uh hit and miss and figuring things out and at this point in my life i've come to a point where i have enough freelance 
to allow for me to continue um, making comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, who knows who knows what tomorrow will bring? But right now, it's working. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that you were doing a early on. You were doing a comic strip for the Kansas City Star. You said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a weekly strip. Uh, it was initially called Send Help, <laughs> but uh, it was a dream for me. I, I was a couple of years out of college, you know, and uh, I grew up re- reading, growing up in the middle of nowhere besides Mad Magazine and, and the little spinner rack that was at the grocery store that had superhero comics. And I, I had very little access to comics besides the Sunday paper. And my, we around here, you, you subscribe to the Sunday paper there because uh, that's the day when they come around and actually deliver. And mm-hmm. the first thing I went for was the Sunday funnies and, uh, and to have, uh, well, I'm kind of getting going off on a tangent here, but when I, when I started making mini comics, my first, my first uh, mini comic fun, uh, came out, it got the attention of someone at the star mm-hmm. and I was asked to do a weekly and it was, it was, it was great. And it, actually having the weekly was really good for me having a deadline once a week and trying to come up with a gag. And a lot of them were terrible. It's just, you know, it's me figuring things out as I went along. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I did that. I did it almost solid for five or six years. Uh, there, and the, the, the things I thought that weren't, um, that were passing, uh, as far as like showing them to an audience, I, uh, Chris and I ad house collected them in a, in a book called, uh, Barbara and this guy's with Neil diamonds. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had kind of a Neil diamond thing going at the end of my strip. Uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I worked on, the, I worked on the strip but at the end. It was getting towards the driven by lemons, me having some uh, mental, uh, instability issues and it became mm-hmm. much more experimental and strange and I, I was very fortunate to have an editor that stuck by me through it all and, and allowed me to do things that weren't uh weren't common in a uh in a widely circulated newspaper the kansas city star i think it was the third largest newspaper in the country at the time so i i wow. had i had quite a bit of uh readership a lot of people hated hated the strip but my, <laughs> like i said i had an editor that was really supportive uh, and he would just take all the hate mail and deal with it and uh it was a even though not a whole lot of people have seen the work, it was a way for me to experiment and grow. Sure. So I was very fortunate to have that uh, experience. And that was in a Sunday paper. So were those like full color, like Sunday strips or like, were they just like, when I was a kid, uh, the, 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 that was, that was actually the strip I made was in a Friday entertainment section. Okay. Okay. Cool. Of the, uh, regular newspaper. So it was full color. Uh, so I made, yeah, I made full color strips. So initially it was called send help and it was just kind of like Gary Larson in a way where every, every week I just, there were no set characters. I just did what I wanted every week. Um, uh, I had I pitched like a cat strip, but they they figured with Garfield and a couple others there were enough cat strips. Uh, I have a thing with cats, I guess. Uh, but uh, I was like, well, okay. Well, otherwise, I, I like the Larson model where you just kind of do whatever you want day to day. So for not away, you you've already kind of like mapped this out to being seven separate books. Like, so mm-hmm. how much? how much like writing has already gone into it? Do you have like everything like cemented down or is it more just kind of like one, a vague sense? One of the, it's, well, it's one of the, one of the, re- I'll try to explain it as concisely as possible because I, I tend to talk too much about it, but uh, it's, uh, I started getting ideas while working on skyscrapers that just didn't fit within that world. So I, I would keep things, uh, information, ideas and a sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And after I finished uh, skyscrapers and lemons, um, when I was able to write, um, when I started getting back, uh, into functional adult mode uh i started collecting the ideas and seeing what was there and you know taking puzzle pieces and putting them putting them next to each other and and seeing what i could do with it and uh i'd say around after lemons came out in 2009 and after that i I was kind of somewhat back on track and uh 
for about a year, I started collecting ideas. And by the end of a year, I had a pretty good idea that I, that I had seven protagonists that through these different protagonists, I could tell an entire story. And uh, I had never, at that time, I didn't know it was going to be almost 2000 pages by the time I was done. But I, I thought maybe seven 100 page books or something. Mm -hmm. It's uh, as, as things go with me, it, it kind of ballooned into something much more. But uh, I, uh, I had an idea. I knew the seven characters at that point, And I knew the general outline of the story. It wasn't like I had everything detailed nailed down because I think it's important as an author to have flexibility. Mm -hmm. But if you think of it as like connect the dots, I had the dots down. And I needed to connect those dots uh, and by connecting the dots, telling the story. And then by connecting those, I, there was flexibility uh, in how I told the story as long as I got from one point to the next. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of 2010, right when I was getting to the point where I was going to start doing some uh, serious writing besides just gathering notes and, and uh, you know, actually writing out the story, we had an apartment fire in Chicago. Momoko, my wife and I, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, partner. Uh, and um, it just threw our lives kind of into chaos for about a year. Uh, and by the end of the year, well, we were thinking about leaving Chicago anyway. She's from, uh, she's from uh, Kobe, Japan. And uh, we were considering moving to Kyoto, but we weren't married yet. So I, I couldn't get the visa. So we were kind of in a position where we had to make a decision what we were going to do. So that's when we, um, she's a ceramicist and she wanted her own studio space mm -hmm. and, and it would be more affordable to do it. Since my fam, since my parents have the farmland here, we could we could pretty affordably build a house on our own, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, build a studio and just you know kind of hole up and make art and create have a couple kids and that's what we decided to do. Uh, but by the time we built the house and got moved in, uh, and then we had a my son was born right after right as soon as like a week after we finished building that house, my son was born. Mm -hmm. So once the dust settled, uh, three, almost three years had passed since driven by lemons. Mm -hmm. And during that time I, I wasn't writing a whole lot because just, I, I need routine. I need stability in order to, uh, really, uh, to be allowed to create. And, uh, it took a few years to get to that point where I had that stability. But once, once my son was born and got, got past the stage of inf infancy, um, that's when I, I pulled the sketchbooks back out and, and I'm glad I had that period because looking, looking at the stuff I wrote in 2009, there were a lot, there were quite a few things that changed, but the thing that didn't change was I had seven protagonists and seven books and I, I started writing pretty seriously again. And within a few months I was working on volume one of Not Away. I guess for me, I mean, like maybe it's a really obvious comparison and like, forgive me if like, it's, it's like been territory you've covered a lot of times we can just skip over it but I was, I was curious if Philip K. Dick had like any influence on in terms of like you're writing the sci-fi because it feels very like very much like a Philip K. Dick style sci-fi story where it's like psychological I've read the I've read I've only read two or three Philip K. Dick's Dick books mm -hmm. and I and I really should read more and, and as much as I like Philip K. Dick I think he's more of a concept guy than a writer because he was so amped up on amphetamines mm -hmm. and just kind of Hacking's not the right word because he was brilliant, but the writing doesn't appeal to me as much as his ideas do. So, sure, sure his ideas, yeah, yeah, they 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 appeal to me. Um, but I think there's that humans against establishment ideas mm -hmm. uh, that that are in uh, Dick's work, but that are also in a lot of other my, of uh, my other influences. I would say Vonnegut is more of a influence on me sure. than than Dick is. Uh, but Dick's approach to science fiction, I, I absolutely respect. And uh, I don't know, it's, I, 
you hate criticizing a person like that because it's probably going to bring bring people down on me. But yeah. I just, like I said, writing doesn't appeal to me as much as his the, the ideas. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Vonnegut feels apt too. Do you have? Do you feel like you have a like a strong appreciation for science fiction, or like you said, you'd mentioned this was mostly just a tool to tell this story? But I was just wondering if you had like a. I do. I do. I. I, I but I'm also not like into hard high sci-fi mm-hmm. i i grew up growing up here another thing was i had i didn't have a library around i didn't have access to much at all yeah uh what i did have access to were were vhs tapes and uh so film sci- sci-fi film probably had a greater influence on me than anything uh ridley scott's alien uh you know they like these they're technically sci-fi they work within sci-fi but they're they're more than that they're genre bending um and uh Things like things like Stanley Kubrick's 2001, uh, where it's yeah, it's sci-fi, but it's telling a human story. Uh, growing up, finally, when I got older and got out of uh, rural Missouri and had access to more, then I started reading more sci-fi. You know, I, I, I imagine a hard sci-fi fan would take issue with me working in sci-fi, but it just is what it is. I, I, I love I love the genre, and uh, I, I try to read as much of it as I can these days. But in, in my formative years, I didn't have as much access to it. Um, again, with, uh, going, you know, talking a little bit more about not away, like, I, I feel like there's a pretty solid connection between like the story you're telling and like perhaps some sort of commentary on the development of the internet or like what the internet is doing to people in general. It's commentary. Sure. Uh, the most, the most frustrating thing is about it, about it is we have, we have access to almost the entirety of, uh, the uh, knowledge of mankind to this date and we still don't use it we use it to you know white supremacists use it to organize and uh mm. people use it to yell at each other but but we, we have we have access to almost nearly unlimited information and, and it's not being utilized and i think it's just because um human race human race humanity is still in very much a, a juvenile uh stage of development mm. um and while while something like the internet can be used for such good it's it's not um yeah. and uh it, it's i guess it's a commentary on that where um something with such great potential goes to waste and it's it's a very frustrating because we ha- we're at a point in civilization where if we were mature enough we we could accomplish incredible things mm-hmm. but we uh, for whatever reason people tend to just uh veer towards uh selfishness and uh, the need to oppress others to preserve self and mm-hmm. it, um so those are concerns of mine and i'm sure concerns of many others and it's my way my way of writing my my purpose in writing is to try to figure that out but i think i think in the end of not away people are going to realize understand that the story isn't entirely about the internet the internet is just a um is just a means to an end really the, the, sci, the sci-fi concepts are a means uh in telling the story but by using those means i'm also able to explore modern concepts which is what a, most a lot of sci-fi is is using futuristic ideas concepts uh, potential you know sci- science realities to explore you and understand your mo- the the world you live in mm-hmm. um so you had mentioned that you're also doing a little bit of freelance i read i do freelance reading freelance uh, reading yeah yeah i uh HBO approached me a few years ago when the first Nottaway came out <clears throat> and they, uh, they worked on developing it for a while and it, mm. it just didn't work out. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, it wasn't the most pleasant experience, but I liked working with HBO and there were a few people there I made connections with. Yeah. And uh, 
I told them, I told them, I was like, well, I, I don't exactly make LA money here. And I would like to, uh, I would like to at least be able to survive making, com- continue making comics. So if you ever have any work, let me know. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they reached out a couple of years ago and uh, they have production companies present them with books mm-hmm. to be considered for adaptation. And uh, basically I'm, I'm myself and a few other people are, we read them, write book reports for executives mm-hmm. and, uh, suggest whether it'd be worth looking at or not so rather than re- them reading a 400 page book we do it and then we we try to sum it up in um, five or six pages mm-hmm. so i right now most of my freelance work is is reading which is pretty great yeah <laughs> I, it's uh, i never i never even knew you could get paid to read but um i mean it's it's uh it's a it's a great job to have especially you know living here in the middle of nowhere um and i it I, it gives me the opportunity to read things i never would have otherwise mm-hmm. like you know, popular things that you may pick up at an airport or something, the kind of stuff I, I, I personally skip over. And even if, even if a lot of it is not to my tastes, I, I can still learn from it to, I can, I can learn as a, as a writer, as an author mm-hmm. of what works for me and what doesn't work for me. So it's been a very good experience. Yeah. It seems like that has a really nice built in balance to it in terms of like also being a cartoonist. You don't have to worry about like expending all of your drawing energy on, on freelance. Very stuff. much. Yeah. Yeah, because the freelance one of the problems with freelance illustration is it, it 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 if I was drawing constantly, which as much as I love drawing, if you're doing it all the time, it becomes work. Uh, so when I when I draw so much on with comics, I can also step back and uh, and and re- and and just read, and it, it is a very it creates a healthier balance. So for volume three, even though we're doing volume two, is just coming out. Um, <laughs> uh, how? Are you just in the the early phases of that, or are you like in the early phases? Yeah. I took after I finished Not Away Two, uh, I finished finished it. It's kind of always kind of vague because you always have little things to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I finished it back February March. Uh, I took a couple months where I just I didn't do much art related because sure. this, especially there towards the end uh, when you're finishing a book with production, there's a lot of pushing and lots of edits and mm-hmm. working over over time to to meet a deadline. And uh, I was fairly exhausted by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a couple months off, but yeah, recently I've, uh, early this summer, I started, uh, gathering my notes and what I had written for volume three and I'm starting to form it into the story and it, I don't write a script. I've never been a script writer, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I do kind of write a story out first, mm-hmm. uh, and then I revise it two or three times. Not so much that I overwork it, but just refining yeah. and I, I get to the point of like what, I, what needs to be in the story in order for it to work for me. And, you know, it's the editing process. And once that's down, then I start breaking it down into pages. So most likely by the end of the year, I'll be drawing. Right. And for, for larger projects like these, like, do you, how do you, like, how do you, I mean, how do you schedule that out? You know, the good thing, the good thing with fanographics is, uh, or independent publishers in general is, uh, they're, they're very flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, when I start a book like Not Away Volume Two, which is 370 pages, I, I have no idea mm-hmm. how long it's going to take me. So, yeah. for the first three or four years, I'm just working, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the Eric Reynolds <clears throat> with Fanta is like, okay, you just do your thing, and and when you get closer to getting a better idea of how this is taking shape, let me know. Mm-hmm. So after working on it for three or four years, I start talking to him. I was like, okay, by that point, I have a pretty good idea of my pace, and you know, yeah. uh, unforeseen disaster. Uh, you know, without taking those into consideration, which last mm-hmm. last year was uh, 
unforeseen disaster after foreseen unforeseen disaster. Uh, but, but I have an idea of, despite those things, what, when I'm going to when I'm going to complete it, and then they can start uh, scheduling for publishing. So it's just basically by uh, maintaining communication between uh, Eric and me. Do you have like a daily, you know, like regimen in terms of like, this is the amount of work, like I'm going to try and spend X amount of hours working on this, or is it kind of just like when it comes to you, you just kind of. No, I can't force myself to, I can't force myself to say, okay, I have to get this much done in a day because I have no idea how one page is, how much time one page is going to take to another. Sure. I know on average, I know on average it takes me about 16 hours per page Mm -hmm. uh, counting pencils and inks. Yeah. Um, that's just average though. Some pages are simpler. They take me 10 hours. Some pages, pages are more complex. They could take me 22, 24 hours. Uh, but I, my, my wife and I, since we work at home, we have two children. Uh, we, we share, we, we look at, we look at the week ahead, like every Sunday and like, okay, we have five days. How are we going to split this up? Yeah. And we we try to split it up evenly with like during the summer, we can't work as much because the kids are home, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we, we just, we just, we're, we're pretty flexible with our schedules, but we try to get at least 40 hours in a week. Yeah. If more, more, if we can get it. And usually that involves waking up at four thirty-five in the morning yeah. to get, to get some extra hours in. But, uh, I think having kids has been helpful for me because when I do have my time to work, I, I, I get a lot of work done because I know that's all the time I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise I, uh, one thing I learned from skyscrapers, uh, uh, was learning that, um, I need, I need balance. Like while, while I do need to get the work done, I also need to maintain healthy relationships. So, mm-hmm. uh, when I work, I work when I'm with my family, I'm, I'm with my family, but we, I have, I have the separation. Uh, so, you know, on the days, on the days I work, I could work 12 to 14 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I can, I can almost get a page done in that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why that's why it takes six years to finish something this big because it's just the level of detail I, I, I at which I work mm-hmm. um, is just uh, I know it's going to take me a while to finish a page. I'm not hard on myself if I can't. And some days maybe I'm I'm really on it and I'm feeling really good and I I can ink a couple pages in a day, but it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. And it seems like over time your style has definitely gotten more detail oriented. Like the amount of mark making seems. Especially in this new volume, intense. Well, thank you. Uh, I think it's what I always wanted. It's just I've when I was when I was younger, I just didn't have the chops for it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's something you figure out as you go along. I've always loved uh, detail work, and going back to the stuff I grew up with, like Sunday strips, you know, aren't very complex. But Mad Magazine, you get some pages that were pretty wild, and those just really spoke to me. Yeah. And uh, with all the chicken fat and all the details in the background and, and the environments and, and uh, it just, uh, that, that type of art always appealed to me and uh, it uh, comes through in what I do. But when I was starting out with like fun and skyscrapers, I just, I didn't quite know how to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I, as I progress, I'm, I, I find it's, it's not necessarily easier, but I have a better understanding of how to, um, how to get you know, th- what I'm doing now is, is more to like what I envisioned and how I, what I wanted to do from the get go, probably mm-hmm. just, you know, with artists, you have, as an artist, you have limitations Yeah. and you work either work through those limitations or work, you get those limitations to work for you. Yeah. Um, did you have, do you have favorite mad magazine cartoonists or like when you were a kid, did you have ones that you went back to that you Jack Davis was always my favorite growing yeah. up. Yeah. Um, he, I grew up in the '90s, so it wasn't exactly peak mad. Yeah, but I had a lot. I had a lot of collections of the older stuff too. So um, Jack Davis was probably my favorite, just because he was so good. Yeah, uh, 
as as an illustrator, uh, Wallace Wood, um, uh, Will Elder, um, what little I could see of Basil Wolverton, that that stuff really just appealed to me. The highly detailed, lots of lots of intense uh, intensive hatching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just it you know it gave me gave me sparks in my mind. I just really reacted to it. Yeah. And as I got older and had access to more things, I was able to study the other things those guys did. So like mm. uh, EC Comics, um, I, 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 I love just pouring over the pages and, and studying the technique. And, uh, and while, while, yeah, those are 70 years ago and, and, and that style isn't really exactly hot right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the kind of thing that appeals to me. And I'm going to, whether it sells or not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to draw how I want to draw. And, sure. that's, and that's, that, that's, that's how I do it. It's funny you mentioned that. I, that. I, that really makes sense now looking at your page layouts. They do have like a very like EC Comics kind of grid, you know, like it's very much like that traditional like Kurtzman. Yeah, Kurtz, Kurtz, Kurtzman's, yeah, Kurtzman's uh, structuring, yeah. uh, I'm sure, I'm sure had a, a pretty ma- major influence on me. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's, we're at a pretty good spot here. Is there any other, any other things you want to cover, Josh? Or- oh, no, I wish I wish I could come. We could do this all in person someday. Yeah. It, uh, I hope I hope eventually we get to the point we are able to start doing festivals Hopefully. again. It's uh, I miss seeing miss seeing everyone in the comics community. Um, but um, it is what it is, you know. If, yeah. If people get vaccinated <laughs> and wear masks, keep everyone safe, and uh, hopefully get through this sooner than later. Yes. And where should people go to check out your work? Uh, I don't have a online website really. The only place I post regularly is Instagram. I think it's at Joshua W Cotter mm-hmm. uh, is my um, my handle. But um, I wouldn't recommend Facebook to anybody. And I intend to once once I'm done promoting this book, I intend I intend to get off of there permanently. And while I know that of course they own Instagram as well, Instagram is more, is my preference because it's more image based and there's not as much trolling going on. Yeah. Although there is some. But uh, otherwise, I don't have a website or anything. So if you want to see, I, I usually I usually post progress on Instagram. Awesome, and the new book comes out September. What's the seventh? Yeah, the new book comes out September seventh. I have an online store, and then you can get it at Fanographics as well. Um, you can get it on Amazon, but I'd would I would uh, I would I would uh, encourage people to uh, support local bookstores if possible, independent especially. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, your time today, Josh, and uh, we'll see y'all later.